Good afternoon. It's uh, the BCSN Sports Wrap live on a Monday. Uh, happy Labor Day. I, I guess we can say happy Labor Day. Is that a is that a thing? Happy and labor do not go together, Brian. <laughs> Look, um, uh, happy Monday day off. I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> all all respect to uh, our service men and women. Now, Labor Day. Correct me, Drew. Labor Day is the day that we celebrate all of our service men and women, correct? Memorial is when we remember those who are no longer. Nope, I got it backwards. Labor Day has nothing to do with the military. So, okay, really? Labor Day has to do with the American worker and the unions and people who grind hard every day <laughs> okay I, I don't know why i thought it was military you no vet, veterans day. day okay veterans day is the one that's our living service people and memorial day are our fallen soldiers okay all right uh, well uh, kenneth rosa says he can't hear us we can't can anybody hear else hear us you can't hear us no i some people can hear us uh, give a thumbs up in the chat room if you can hear Edwin Moore. You can hear us. Mary Three Hundred Five could hear us. Anybody else? Thumbs up. Yes. No. Maybe. Hear us? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <clears throat> maybe. Hold on. Let me. Let me do this here in the uh, in the banner. Uh, can't hear us. Why can't you hear us? No, Edwin can hear us because he's commenting. So somebody can hear us. Coach can hear us. Okay. I don't know, Kenneth. It, it must be something going on on your end as to why you can't hear us. <laughs> Edwin says, yes, you can hear us loud and clear. Uh, Coach says he can hear us. Okay. Cameron T, what's up? Thumbs up. All right. So, <laughs> well, I, 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 I had. I appreciate up, that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, thank you, Edwin, for the clarification here. Memorial Day service, men and women who died for the country, Veteran Day service people. And then, of course, today is all about workers. Workers' day off. Okay. I, and, I love and, and so, people got some work done this weekend, Brian. I, ooh, did they? Wait, 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 hold up, hold up, Brian. 
I just got alert on my phone. Benedict just scored another touchdown against. Oh, outs, 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 outs. Yeah. Mm, hold on, Drew. But do you hear that though? Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let me see. I don't know if I got. I don't know if I have appropriate background music for this. Uh, let me see. You hear that? That's the Jackson State fan base real quiet on a Monday that you didn't you notice you didn't hear anything right it was real quiet real quiet this morning from that's because Brian the people in Jackson Mississippi are wearing black and and they're not wearing black because of the loss yesterday they're wearing black and gold from Saturday if you know what I'm talking about, and I do not mean alpha, black, and gold. Uh, okay, I'm you, you lost me. What's the gold representing for? University of Colorado, black and gold. Mm, the that the, the the JSU team that's playing in uh in Boulder, right? The JSU exactly. team that's playing in Boulder. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I, you know, we we aren't <clears throat> we aren't surprised. It's amazing, even as I'm listening, as I'm driving back from South Florida, listening to more commentators. I want to call in so bad. And obviously, none of these shows I'm able to do that. But I just want to be like, uh, hey, guys, I cover and have paid attention to HBCU football the last two seasons. I'm not surprised. I knew this was possible. I knew this was likely and you know it's it's you know props to coach sanders uh props to Shadour, travis hunter and all the other former hbc players that are now at colorado and coaches for do, doing what you did on on the fcs level at a at a at a high success rate don't forget jackson state one of the greatest seasons last year that we will we will forget we will forget about it Drew 10 years from now. Why? Because they didn't cap it off with a celebration bowl title. We, we will St. Louis Rams 2001. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Losing to the Patriots. New England Patriots that uh what was it 2008, 2009? Yeah. The undefeated season. Uh, yes, the other they lost, season, to, the, lost, they lost to, to the Giants. Lost to the G-Men. So I mean that those kind of things happen, and 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 they go on that Mount Rushmore of great teams that didn't win a championship. UNLV. Oh, UNLV to the unbeaten season that unbeaten. didn't happen. Final Four lost to Duke. So we we all knew that that what happened in in Texas and 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 what is the buzz is. Uh, is hot and and I'll tell you I told you and I tweeted this out so if you are in the markets and you want to get down on some Shadour Sanders to win the Heisman Travis Hunter to win the Heisman they maybe were 101 before Saturday they're at 45 to 35 somewhere in that ballpark you better get them you better jump on I know I, I picked me I put a little pizza money on them uh both of them just in case <laughs> you know i know it's going to be a tougher road for travis hunter but if that cat keeps playing 100 plays on both sides of the ball and producing eh, I, this is what i've got to say brian 
talk all the ish that you want to about the HBCU football product. And I'm talking to you, FBS apologists. Should do a devil through for 500, even against Valley. He didn't throw for 500 against UAPB, but he throws for 500 against the team that was in the damn national championship game last year. Yeah. Then yeah. you Travis Hunter didn't play in a hundred plays against Bethune. No, no. Mm-mm. Travis Hunter didn't play in a hundred plays against Grambling. But he goes out and plays a hundred a hundred and twenty-five plays against the the team that lost the national championship. And isn't it ironic, Brian, that the coach who lost the HBCU national championship game defeated the coach who lost the FBS national championship game? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's like rain. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you, Drew. Uh, very well said. Very well said. Uh, isn't it ironic? Um, so yeah, props. But but uh, yeah. So uh, kind of fun, interesting. But uh, we got a lot to to digest on a Monday afternoon. Um, you know, it's a. It, I feel like there's this glow. I haven't been able to wear orange on a Monday after the Orange Blossom Classic, Drew. Uh, so it feels good. We put the color back into the Orange Blossom Classic. We did. We put we the did. title color back in. Yes, yes. To put the title color and and uh, yeah, you know, I I called it when I went out to Jacksonville to do the pre-show. I said orange was the color of the weekend. You had the Big Cat Classic. Uh, both teams have orange in it. You got the Orange Blossom Classic, FAMU Orange. So I mean, look, it it's uh good stuff, good stuff. So we're gonna get into talking about a few items here from the week uh hey theron waters hello brian what's up with what's up with bethune why they the only hbcu in florida who don't have orange in their color let's move on yeah i got the petty going today who who said that (laughs) so (laughs) ever boy yeah i got i'm rolling today because not only did my rattlers win but Somehow, my Golden Tigers held on and went and won in what was probably the game of the week, Brian. Hey, you had a you had a double win, a double win for your double degrees. You had a double win on Sunday, uh, so so let's talk about that because I didn't get a chance to watch the Tuskegee uh, Fort Valley State the Red Tails Classic game. Of course, that came on after the OBC. I was doing a lot of the post game. I was at the post game presser. We did the post game show. Uh, thank you to everybody, by the way, that tuned in and watched. Uh, you know <clears throat> that game from Tuskegee. Let, let, go through some of just the highlights. I'm gonna pull up some of the some of the stats, but but just go back through what you saw and uh, you know uh, an interesting recap that you gave me as I was driving in this morning, uh, talking about this game. It, it it was real interesting. Uh, game was kind of back and forth. Uh, they traded touchdowns in the first quarter. Kelvin Durham got hurt somewhere during the second quarter, and that's when Tuskegee got on a run, scored uh, 
17 points compared to seven for Fort Valley in that second quarter. Uh, the only quarter that Fort Valley outscored Tuskegee was in the fourth quarter. Let me tell all y'all what happened. We we have a group chat, all the members of the Black College Sports Network, and it, it, you don't you, you don't want to be in that chat on Saturday when your team is losing because we give it <laughs> we give each other the business when your team is losing, and if we're not giving you the business, you're giving yourself the business in the chat because you're talking about your team and your coach. But it's it, it's all fun. It's all love. So. Midway through the third quarter, when Tuskegee goes up 37-17 on a 92-yard kickoff return, I'm like, all right, this game is over. We good. We, we, We are good. So I decide I am posting a meme of me smoking a cigar. <laughs> that is at the okay. 437 mark of the third quarter. At the 423 mark of the third quarter, Dewan Bell returns a 94-yard kickoff for a touchdown to put Fort Valley right back in the game. So I go from the, the cigar mean to the cigarette mean. You know, pe- people smoke cigarettes when they get nervous. <laughs> so now, now I'm nervous. Long story short, if you saw the game, Fort Valley added another touchdown in the fourth quarter, and it came down to the end, a couple of turnovers in the fourth quarter, but Fort Valley had the ball last in the game because Tuskegee could not close out a drive, put any points on, or run the time out. So Fort Valley gets the ball back with 124 remaining in the game. On their, on their own 20. On their own 20. First play, Kevin Doran completes a pass to Zaterius Anderson. For 76 yards. He put Tecmo Bowl moves on the Tuskegee secondary. Luckily, he was he was caught. Uh Stanley <laughs> Livingston caught him at the four-yard line. Tuskegee then caught Fort Valley is out of timeouts. So Tuskegee calls a timeout, obviously, because they want to preserve time in case Fort Valley scores. Incomplete pass on first down. Rush for no gain on second down. Sack on third down. And then I don't this I don't know. It's only technically a sack because he was rolling out, rolled out looking for somebody to throw the ball to, and just ran out of real estate. I believe he, he went out at like at the five-yard line, four one-yard loss, but technically it's a sack since he was looking to pass the ball. So on fourth down, incomplete pass to, to the same Anderson who got them down into scoring position. But there's a handkerchief on the field. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Face mask called against Tuskegee. Brings up a new set of downs. So we, 
Fort Valley is now running their fifth play from inside the five-yard line, Brian. Incomplete pass. Seven now remember that's seven seconds on the clock. So with seven seconds, incomplete pass. Three seconds left in the game. A rush up the middle. Fort Valley only gets one ball game. They come up Tus- one yard short. The Tuskegee two uh the Tuskegee defense stops Fort Valley six times inside the five yard line. Brian, if that is not the game of the week at HBCU football, I challenge you all in the chat to find me a game that was better that was better than that, especially with that thrilling finish. Yeah, I, I that sounds like that was the best of the weekend for you, wasn't it? That that sounds like uh definitely one of the best of the weekend uh moments. Uh outstanding, outstanding game. I gotta go back and look at the look at the the highlights or, or just watch the game, really, because like I said, so much focus of mine was on the Jackson State FAMU game. Um so obviously you you know where my best of the weekend was and and really the best of the weekend for me you talk about the end of the game and that Tuskegee and that defense I'm a, I'm gonna go to the opening play of the season for Florida A&M as my best of the weekend because I I think it was a historic play uh, asking around asking the sports information director asking just other media people uh, asking alums and people on Twitter, I don't think this ever happened in the history of FAMU football that the opening play of the season gets returned for a touchdown. Uh, Brian, has that happened with anybody's team? The you opening I, kickoff of the season. Put that in the chat. Room. Run back for a touchdown. Yeah, it, it's in the chat room. Anybody, anybody can recall your team. Uh, you know, I know we got some people here, uh, Southern, uh, Bethune, but if you're, can you think, at Coach Simmons in the post-game pressure, he couldn't recall in all of his 20 years of coaching and, and in, in football of a season opening like that. So uh, I, I'm sure it's happened somewhere, but uh, if that's not, I don't, that's historic. That's historic. And so you know, here I am trying to record just the 14 game. seconds into the game, 14 seconds into the game. I'm, I'm trying to record it, Drew. Now I'm in the press box. I'm on the front row. So I'm right up against the window. And sure enough, the kick. And I promise he catches it at the four. And by the time he breaks at the 50, I, I'm standing up like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. Is he really going to return? And I'm trying to keep a. A, a tone because we're in the media press box. There's no cheering in the press box. You know, we're supposed to be coof, right? We're supposed to keep it cool. I'm like, I damn near choked Kelvin, who was sitting right next to me because I grabbed him. I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. And I, all the time, I forgot I had the camera. So all you see is the first 20, you see the first 25 yards, and then all of a sudden the camera does this. It's all over the place, and I mean, my excitement, and I'm quietly just like, did that just happen? Am I seeing it? And I'm trying to whisper because I almost wanted to run outside and go, hell F yeah. That's what I wanted to yell because I probably would have been escorted out of the box had I done that. But if I were sitting at home, 
that's what I would have done. And if I was sitting out there with with the rest of Rattler Nation, I definitely would have lost my lost my peanuts. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm telling you, man, that that's how you start. That's how you start, and 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 just the emotions of that, just you know, all this, all the noise that you heard, and then to start the game with an opening kickoff return for a touchdown, you just knew it was about to be a special day. So. That's my best. Uh, so we want to hear from you, you guys. Let us know what your best, uh, best and best and worst of the weekend. Uh, I, I love this. Even even Wildcat fans, low because yeah, of course you had to you had to cheer for us quietly because you you can't you didn't want another three hundred sixty five days of those of those cats uh, talking a noise. You so we all had to. We did one for the that was for the culture. That way was for the culture, Drew. As Coach Simmons has said, that guy who always shows up in his chats talking about beating y'all by 40, Coach said, Coach said he doesn't get into all that hype. But he said that person, he may have to go slide in that person's DM and let him know because he said that guy or gal, whoever it is, is constantly saying Jackson State by 40. What do he say? Body. <laughs> Not 40, body. <laughs> So, hey, hey Brian, yeah. and Jackson State people, and some of them in this chat, they just ain't commenting yet, they, but they watching. You know, y'all still, despite the fact that we won, y'all still talking ish about look at the score from last year. Nah, that's, we, history. We, that's history. That's history. That's history. You, you, you should get, you should a get dub, a lot. A dub, a dub is a dub. Hey, you should get, you know, y'all would. Y'all wouldn't let us hold on to the fact that it, we we lost by one point. We ain't gonna let y'all hold on to the fact that y'all beat us by a billion and one points. Yeah, no, no, no. You you get you get blocked if you ever throw that in there because a you did it in a year where you didn't win that anyway. You can't you can't use that anymore. It's done. You have to retire. Have to retire that uh, that little uh, notation mark. Uh, let's talk about some other big wins um, that uh, that we came across. And I'm going to go right to Morgan State. The Morgan State Bears traveling on the road against number 16, Richmond, and coming up with a victory. How about that? Morgan State, exactly. Uh, Lawrence, yes. Best of the weekend right there. How about Morgan State's upsetting a ranked 16 team by a score of 17 to 10? Uh, on a day that was a – it was a – look, it was a pretty suspect day for the MEAC overall <laughs> when you think about uh, the fact that uh, two CIAA schools – we talk about the worst of the weekend. But we can flip that and say two CIAA schools – uh, bet best for them, Bowie State, and um, uh, who was the other one? Bowie State and uh, Virginia, Virginia State. State, but worst for Delaware State and Norfolk State, who lost to Bowie and Virginia State, respectively. Uh, you know, CIAA goes two, two and one, or three and one against against the BAC. Yeah, two and one against the MIAC. Yeah, Winston Salem State lost to North Carolina Central. You knew that was going to happen, but 
just the fact that in three of the three games, two teams won. Mm, that's that's interesting. That's real interesting. So don't don't stop there, Brian. Oh, there's more. If we talk, if we talking about low, uh, quote unquote lower level teams with some under, dubs, under, yeah, under D one, yeah, go ahead. What do you let, what's, let Let's go to Central State and Valley. Yes, yes, yes. Central State and Valley. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, I think the, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the score, if I saw, was 24-21 in favor of uh, Central State. Right. And then and then don't forget the uh, last one. Down in Jacksonville, Florida, the uh, Big Cat Classic, where Florida Memorial, the NAIA program, defeated the – D two, Ever Waters Tigers. Right, um, that game of course broadcast right on the Black College Sports Network. I think the final score was thirty eight to twenty four. Thirty eight, so thirty eight twenty four, thirty eight twenty one. Man, um, give credit to Florida Memorial. They talk about one week ago putting up almost seven hundred yards of offense. They lost fifth. They lost by three. 50 to 47 against Bluefield College. But they had a chance to win that game, uh, had a pass intercepted at the end of the game in the end zone. So they turn around. We were we, that was one of the things when we did the pregame, uh, the game time show. We were kind of wondering and talking about who has the advantage, you know, when you play a, a previous week. And I and I think it's interesting because what we saw, Florida Memorial. Uh, still played hot, still played like they knew who they were, uh, whereas Edward Waters was possibly feeling away, feeling away around. Just, just just trying to get it all together. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you had Florida A&M that was able to scout Jackson State and really kind of take away or take advantage of some of the things, the few things that South Carolina State did well, which was run the ball. FAMU exploited that by running 40 of 62 plays, which I, I think that might be a and that might be a high under that's gotta be a Willie Simmons record. It, it's gotta be, yeah. Two to three, two to three run pass uh ratio that or two to one run pass ratio. Yeah. That that's gotta be that's gotta be a high. And so yeah, that that's an interesting dichotomy of uh first, you know. For week one versus uh, uh, teams that hadn't played yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Edwin. You can't say a team left a bunch of points on the field when they lost by double digits. It should have blown somebody out. You say that about the team that actually won the game but should have won by a bigger margin. Um, well, wait a minute. What, what is he saying here that they left a bunch of points on the field? Valley left a bunch of points on the field. Well, yeah, you know, um, got to go take a look at that. Uh, got to take a, let's see, Drew's got an emergency. Uh, looks like he's got to deal with here. Um, <clears throat> so give a, a couple other games here that are of interesting note. How about Johnson C. Smith getting their first win of the season 
over West Virginia Wesleyan College. Uh, Johnson C. Smith, uh, you know, let's see. What was the final score in this game? 49-6 to for Johnson C. Smith, JCSU. So props to them for getting off to a, a good lead and and uh, and uh, and getting a win. Not too many wins in the Johnson C. Smith era the last few years. So good for them for getting that. And then uh, while we're still talking in the CIAA, how about Bluefield State? Bluefield State taking taking down Livingstone, a fellow CIAA opponent. I don't think this was official. I think this is one of those non-conference conference games. Uh, and Livingstone, I think, has – or Bluefield has actually beaten uh, – I think they might have beat Livingstone last year, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it was good, you know, interesting uh, opportunity – there uh yeah lawrence puts in another uh virginia union yeah gets a gets a win over morehouse uh in in that contest uh, so good good point for uh virginia union let's see any other scores that kind of caught my eye again doing a little catch up here uh, as I said, coming back from the Orange Blossom Classic, uh, you know, as I just kind of browse through. How about Hampton? While we're talking, all Hampton does, all Hampton, right, you and me, Mary 305, we're right on the same. How about Hampton? All Hampton does is beat HBCUs in the non-conference. And uh, another, another season-opening loss for Grambling State. Uh, under this, you know, second year in a row under Coach Hugh, and we're, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough season. We're still waiting to see, you know, what what Coach Hugh is is uh, is gonna do with Grambling. But uh, I heard a lot of good things coming out of this contest for uh, for Hampton, and uh, I saw a lot of people in the comments making reference to. Uh, Hampton's uh, quarterback playing at a really high level. I was just looking up that young man uh, from from Hampton. And, uh, of course, Hampton has nine returning starters coming back from a year ago. So, uh, you know, one of those needing to be the quarterback. Um, another game. Yeah. The Alabama state over, you know, Alabama state over Southern interesting ball game because, you know, as we were watching that game and it's something that, uh, my, my co-host Kelvin Rozier and I were talking about those two teams. Did you really see a difference? If you watch Alabama state and Southern from last year and watch them this year, did they look any different? I don't, I didn't think so. They looked the same. Uh, so I know there was a lot of excitement for Southern and Harold Blood. Uh, kind of looked the same. Uh, you know, it's a, a 14 to 10 win for Alabama State. Uh, 
you know, that's a that's a game that I thought Southern would win. Uh, turns out I was wrong. Uh, also, if you watched any of the on Saturday night preview in Texas Southern, what a great ball game! It was it was riddled with some some mistakes, but all in all, a great game. A game that Texas Southern, I believe, was up thirty-seven, or no, uh, they were up thirty-four to seventeen at one point in the second half, and then preview seventeen unanswered, I believe it was, and um, including taking the game into overtime. Uh, I'm trying to pull up my stats here for for that contest. Uh, if I can find them here, here we go. Yeah, 37 to 34. Um, Texas Southern got the ball first in overtime. Ended up missing the field goal attempt. And, you know, <laughs> Prairie View ended up closing it out. Ended up closing it out, man, uh, in, in dramatic fashion. So, Shout out to Prairie View on getting on getting that win. Uh, Lawrence drops a little no, so FAMU comes in. The stats FCS poll just must have been released. FAMU comes in ranked twenty third. That's good. Good to see them come in in the top uh, top twenty five to start. Let's do this. I'm gonna take a short break and take this break and come back with some some against the spread notes that I saw some what I like to call win some lose some from the past week some interesting lines some open and closing lines for the HBCU some a lot of teams covered surprisingly so even though the scores may look bad a lot of teams covered so you know if you were one of those people that that bet on black bet on HBCUs, uh, you you might have you fared pretty well this weekend. So I'll drop those nuggets here for you in, in a moment. Let's take a short break, come back. You're watching the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian, AD will be back shortly. And coming up at the top of hour two, Coach Ferrasi Norman will be joining the show. And so we'll talk to him about what he saw from uh, a couple of games this weekend. Hang in there. We'll be back in just a moment. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always ultra thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, 
and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here. AD Drew had to step away, so he'll be here in a moment. Joining me on this show again, uh, coming up at hour two will be Coach Farasi Norman will be joining us. Uh, and we'll talk to Coach about some of uh, what he saw in the Big Cat Classic down in Jacksonville. And then also some of the uh, FAMU uh, Jackson State game. But I mentioned in the in the previous uh, segment that I I was paying attention to some some opening line numbers involving the HBCU schools because it was uh, some of those games that you know we were playing in week one. It's a crapshoot between uh, you know who who you're playing against. You're playing a lot of uh, FBS schools in the beginning, so. Uh, I'm going to start with the Thursday games. You had UAPB traveling to Tulsa. Uh, the line opened at Tulsa minus 38 and a half. In some places, it was about 40 and a half. Uh, UAP, Tulsa only won 42 to 7. Uh, so that would be a UAPB cover of 35 points. So uh, if you had UAPB plus the, plus the 38 or 40, you came out on top. Uh, I think UAPB actually scored first in this contest, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
just uh, checking that out here. I believe they did score first. Uh, they did. They actually had a 7-0 lead at the end of the first quarter, and then Tulsa scored 28 points in the second. So uh, props to Coach Hampton and uh, UAPB on that one. The total was 52.5, so if you played the under, congrats to you for that. The other Thursday game, North Carolina A&T taking on UAB. The line opened at 23.5. I think that's kind of where it stayed. The total was 46.5. This was a game that A&T pretty much had covered uh, a very late, and I'm talking in the fight with maybe a minute, maybe 30 seconds to go. UAB, uh, now coached by Trent Dilfer, former Super Bowl winning quarterback and and Elite 11 guru, former ESPN, uh, Dilfer's Dimes, that Trent Dilfer. <laughs> he act, Now, you'll never convince me that coaches don't know the, the spread. Because his starters were still on the field, and they executed their offense down to like the the way it was supposed to be, and ended up scoring to cover the twenty three and a half with uh what twenty seconds left, thirty seconds left, somewhere in that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, exactly. AMT definitely should have kept should have covered, but Dilfer kept his starters in the last two minutes. I was I was watching that game and I was like, oh, look at AMT about to cover. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's the starter <laughs> for UAB. So yeah. Uh the total though went under the 46 and a half. So that's another under that that hits in that Thursday game. Uh now here. On Friday, this was a game that I was paying attention to. Howard at Eastern Michigan. Uh, this game was played on Friday. The uh, opening line was Eastern Michigan minus 24 and a half. The total was 53 and a half. Um, I believe it actually closed at 20 and a half. So Howard betters had come in and bet that game down from 24 and a half down to 20 and a half. And they took the total from 53 up to 55, okay? So if you had Howard plus the three touchdowns, you came out – actually, you were nervous early, but you came out on the right side of that one uh, because, yes, um, Howard uh, Howard got off to a really bad start uh, in that contest. They were down 16-0, 16-0 in the first quarter. And I think at one point they were down 30 to nine at halftime. And then you know, Howard actually shut out Eastern Michigan 14 to nothing in the third quarter. And uh, Eastern Michigan only scored a field goal in the fourth. And actually, so Howard was within one score in the fourth quarter and they, they, the offense just couldn't move well enough. But Howard miscues cost him that contest. Uh, you know, the, he gave up a uh, – what, let's see. what they, I know they gave up a kickoff special team. Yep, special teams cost Howard that contest uh, in the first quarter. Uh, I 
trying to pull up the the uh, the team the game cast here because I know. Let's see, they gave up an eighty-four. Uh, well, first off, they gave up a safety, and then on the kickoff after the safety, they gave up an eighty-four-yard kickoff return. So uh, yes, I saw that. And then there was a, and then in the second quarter there was a ninety-six-yard kickoff return. So. Brian, that's 14 points, and then the safety is 16. You lose by you lose by 10, but really you were down seven. So if you just think if you if you don't give those up, I don't know. You're talking. I bet that's a tie ball game going into the late fourth quarter. Go ahead, Drew. That 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 was a common theme that I saw this weekend. I know we got some more games to cover, but the common theme was. Special teams. Uh-huh. Special teams cost teams opportunities or let other teams stay in games longer than they should have. Uh and and, and, and there were multiple games from uh I, I believe it was the Union and Boarhouse game where you had a botch snap on a punt. That wound up uh no, it wasn't bot snap, it was at a block. I, I know I saw a bot snap on a punt, I saw a block punt, I saw missed field goals, I saw deflected field goals. We saw we saw multiple kickoff returns for touchdown. Heck, we even saw a free kick return for a touchdown. Did we have a punt return for a touchdown, Brian? Don't remember if I saw I, a punt. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, there, but there we, probably, a- we probably had one in there that I just didn't catch, but as and and it seems like ironically, as I'm flipping back and forth on these games between uh between the TV and the iPad and the laptop and everything, I'm like coming to these games at the right time to see all this crazy stuff happening. Maybe I was the jinx. I don't know, but special teams were not special this uh this opening weekend. No, not at all. Um, Howard, I think they Howard just found out Thursday that they was on kickoff return. I mean, kickoff defense or something. You I, probably I found out Thursday. You're on the kickoff team. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting thing to analyze because, you know, I know in speaking about the, the FAMU-Jackson State game, FAMU had two field goal attempts blocked from 46 and 39. And I know Coach Simmons was not happy about that and even said he was taking over that particular – group in practice this week you know so i it, going back and looking at the stats wait a minute did he did he just hire dancing to be his uh no not dancing he, hired, he just hired not dancing uh, uh from uapb dot gamble the, yeah doc yeah i knew it was one of those yeah, he, yeah he's only been there he, uh, look, he's only he's only been there a week and a half I, you, you know look hey i i don't know I'm just gonna say he's only been there a week and a half. I, I I can't make excuses for anybody, but but just know that Coach Simmons Coach Simmons was not happy about that, and I and I'm sure uh, those two uh, those two punt returns from Howard that'll get addressed because Howard outgained Eastern Michigan three ninety eight to two eighty five, and so when you outgain an opponent, you know penalties cost Howard eleven penalties. Uh, only 59 yards, but it, it was the nature of when you have those penalties because in, in that fourth quarter, 
a couple of penalties cost Howard opportunities. And damn, you know, that's what you can't do when you when you got a team on the verge, you got a team that you're supposed to beat. And, and like, of course, 16 points, you give up on two safety or a safety. And then, you know, so, yeah, that, that was probably the bigger interesting takeaway in that Howard Eastern Michigan game. Uh, let's see some other opening lines. Of course, um, there's really no takeaways from Tennessee State, Notre Dame, unless you somehow had Tennessee State favored to score first, you know, which they did. They scored first. They had a 3-0 lead. So if, if you had Tennessee State to score first, you came out good on on that. How about South Carolina State and Charlotte? We're moving into Saturday. Uh, Charlotte opened as a 25-and-a-half-point favorite, which is to be expected after what many people saw from South Carolina State. And the over-under was 45-and-a-half. Guess what? South Carolina State covered. Covered. Uh, final score was Charlotte 24-3. Winner, winner, if you had South Carolina State covering. Uh, the total went under. So, again, another under hits. What is that, like the third or fourth under? Third. UAP, UAPB went under. ANT went under. South Carolina State went under. i give you another under. Uh, let me see. No, this one didn't go under, but I got another HBCU that covered. Look at these HBCUs covering on week one. Alabama A&M. Opening line was Vanderbilt, minus 35 and a half. Uh, the over/under is 54 and a half. Final score: Vanderbilt 47 to 13. You do the math; that's 34 points. It's close. It's close. But guess what? Alabama A&M covers. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I got another HBCU that covered. How about Bethune Cookman traveling to Memphis? Memphis was favored. Line opened at 48 and a half. Final score: Memphis 56. Bethune, 14. That's 42. So, uh, shout out to uh, Bethune. Take your ass, cuz. You need to have your fucking business, bro. Covering. All right. Um, yeah, so Bethune covers. Alabama A&M covers. South Carolina State covers. Howard covered. UAPB covered. You know, all those teams kind of covered. There, um, good job by all of those teams. Uh, <laughs> uh, just a little background noise, a little background noise, Edwin. Um, Southern Miss <laughs> did cover the 24 and a half against Alcorn uh, by beating Alcorn 40 to 14. Um, Richmond, uh, Morgan State covered the 25 and a half against Richmond. That's a big road win. I didn't. I wonder what the money line was on that. Anybody have any ideas? Morgan State on the money line against Richmond. I mean, with a twenty-five and a half point spread. I mean, somebody I gotta, got paid. Yeah, somebody got somebody got somebody got paid. Somebody got paid. Uh, so shout out to to Morgan State on the covering. Uh, Hampton covered. Now this is an interesting line because the line opened at three and a half. Uh, the total was forty-nine and a half. Hampton with a 35-31 win. So they barely, barely held on to cover uh, the four points. So you're happy if you had Hampton minus the three and a half. 
And then the big upset, uh, well, there's two big upsets on the lines. And one was Alabama State. Alabama State uh, Southern was a six and a half point spread to open, right? It got bet down to three and a half. So when the game kicked off, Southern was a three and a half point favorite. Alabama State wins outright 14 to 10. Uh, the total was 43 and a half. So there's a game that went under. Uh, of course, Jackson State was a three and a half to four point favorite over FAMU. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. If you pick FAMU on the money line like your boy did. And uh, I think I told you, I can't, hey, I gave out, I, I, what I say, Drew, this is I told you. I, I, I told people about Colorado. And, I'm, and I told people pregame about FAMU, plus the four on the money line and under 47 points. Now, should it have gone under 47? No, it should not have. But we count our wins when we get them. And so we say thank you, FAMU, uh, for allowing the game to stay under. Uh, you know, I was wrong as heck last week. And so I'm going to take the wins this week. <laughs> uh, one other interesting line, and this one depends on how and when you bet it. The Prairie View Texas Southern game. Now, the game opened at Prairie View minus four and a half. Kind of, kind of an odd number, right? I think you and I, Drew, we probably would have jumped on Texas Southern plus three and a half, plus four and a half, because I think we both thought Texas Southern would win this ball game. The line closed <laughs> No, wait a minute. You thought Texas Southern would win the oh. game. I no, had no, Prairie View. But would you have taken the four and a half points? I, I would have I would have taken the points, yes. Okay, interesting. Well, the game closed because enough Texas Southern money came in to drop it to Prairie View minus two and a half. So, final score in overtime, Prairie View 37, Texas Southern 34. So, if you, if you played the Free kickoff uh, uh, line, or even when it was during the week at four and a half, or maybe even four, you had Texas Southern. You good? You good? If you had Texas Southern right before kickoff and it was two and a half, you're crying. You're crying in your in your in your in your suit because that should have been a win. Preview the flip side of that. You know, preview covered. If you if you jumped in on preview. Right before kickoff, you were you were thankful that that game went overtime. And then when you saw Texas Southern miss that field goal, you were probably dancing around just like Prairie View was on the sideline after he missed that kick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good opportunity, good opportunity there. Um, yeah, HBCU band talk. Uh, you know, hit us up. We'll we'll uh, you know hit me up. I'll. I'll uh, I'll I'll drop uh, I'll drop some information online. There's a lot of places that you can go. I don't know what state you're in, uh, but hey, uh, there are a lot of states where sports betting is legal within their sports book operators in various states. Unfortunately, if you live in a state like Florida, not yet. But there's still other places and other alternatives. So um, I can I can I can point you in the right direction and. Uh, you know, hit hit me up on on Twitter at drb three six five, and we'll go from there. 
All right. Any any takeaways from those uh, against the spread numbers, Drew? Anything you want to comment on or add? No, I, I just thought it was uh, interesting with uh, with some of these. You know, and it's hard for the odds makers the first couple of weeks out the season, and that doesn't matter if it's FCS or FBS for them to get the lines straight. But especially at the FCS level, where there is so little information and when i mean information bettable information information that uh the odds maker in vegas rely on yeah you really have to with all of this stuff you you gotta wait sadly a lot of these numbers they don't start trickling out until i'd say 48 hours before the game sadly yeah um you know, uh, a lot of time, like you can like the games that happen on Thursday, depending upon who you use, you know, for these Thursday games, they'll start showing up Thursday morning, Thursday by noon. Um, Saturday's even crazier because a lot of times they're not up on Friday night. It'd be nice if they were up on Friday, but a lot of times they'll start popping up on Saturday morning. And so that's just that's why I say there's opportunities. If you, if you pay attention and then even if you mix in a few data analytic things, you can really find some good numbers because a lot of sports books, they don't, they don't follow FCS football. And, uh, and so there are opportunities to win. It usually takes them about mid season before they've kind of found their spot or they've collected enough data on current teams. So right now, think about the teams who are looking good. Like this weekend, I just peeked ahead. Morgan State is traveling to Akron, right? Morgan State just came off a win against Richmond. Uh, Akron is, come on, Akron is not a very good FBS program or team. But if they throw a number like 20 Five or something like, for example, Charlotte, South Carolina State, you got to jump on Morgan State if you see more than three touchdowns. Um, you know, case in point. So, again, it, it look for these high totals. You know, case, you know, uh, there's some great evidence after week one, you know, and, and even a team like South Carolina State who, who didn't look good in week one, well, guess what? They held Charlotte to three touchdowns in week two what's South Carolina State going to be like when they play Clemson? Now, that one, you got to watch Clemson tonight to kind of really <laughs> judge for yourself. But I think they play Clemson uh, next week. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a look at some of that and more as we, come, uh, as we go forward. Okay, let's take a break. Another break, because coming up on the other side, we got Coach Ferrasi Norman. We'll talk about the Big Cat – classic we'll talk about the orange blossom classic and maybe some games that he'll be looking at in week two right on the other side you're watching the bcsm sports wrap right here on the black college sports network supermarket sushi really no wait troy you work here i'm never not working like head and shoulder scalp shield technology up to 100 dandruff protection even between washes never not working huh Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never not working. Never not working. 
Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers voice, Kevers voice, Kevers voice dot com. Always on, all the time. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit THamptonLaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. All right, welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here, and joining us is our coach, Coach Ferrasi Norman. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. Can you guys hear me? We got you. you sound good. Loud yes, we can. Good. We got better what, than what, last what, what, week. That's a victory. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good win. That's a good win. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Can, can, that, that, that sign should say, can you read my sign now? Because now that's where we, that's where yeah. we move to that point. Hey, uh, Coach, the yes, uh, 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 week one for a lot of teams. Everybody now has got a game under their belt. Um, what's, that, what are, what's that first week uh, like? What You know, when you're finally out of fall camp, you, you've done all the preparation, and you got that first opponent. What what's that like as a as a coach, 
and, and, and kind of what things do you assess, whether it be about yourself, your staff, your team, after week one? Well, that's a two-sided coin. After week one, one, did you win or did you lose? Um, if you won, once again, like I said last week, I say I always congratulate my players and my coaches on a good job. If we lost, I got to look in the mirror and see what I got to do to get better. If you lost, um, then you go back and you just review the film. What do we do wrong? Go back to camp. What do we not work hard enough at? Do we do enough tackling, um, I mean, passing drills, uh, O-line drills, you know, things of that sort like that. Then you have a group meeting with your office, with your coaches, probably bring them on Sunday afternoon from like three to six, and you go over the film. Everybody go over the film. You break it down thoroughly. And then Monday you bring uh, you bring you come in with the group. Excuse me, you come in with the group. My phone's slipping here. You come in with the group as a team, and you just break the film down. For about you usually don't even practice that day. You go through the film for like two hours, and you look from left tackle to right tackle to the center to the D end to the D guard to the mic backer to the safety. Who did what? Who do not do what? And, and you throw some some challenges out there. Were you scared? Are you not the guy I think you are? Um, I mean, talk to me. Let me know what we're doing because we still got ten more games, and we can't continue to play like this. Go back to the other hand. If we won, you're sitting there and you're congratulating everybody. Hey, good job, my friend. You played well. I need you to keep that up. Coach, keep coaching them well. And so that's the way that that first game goes. You're out of that week, so you take a deep breath. Like, because you've been doing that since January. See, a lot of people think ball camp just starting in August. You got to go all the way back to January when you start recruiting. Then you got spring ball. Then you got summer ball. Then you get fall camp. So you get that first game out the way, and you're like, okay, that's, that's week one. Now, take that deep breath, push it out, get ready for week two. And you really don't want to look the whole schedule because you always hear that coach uh, one game at a time, but that's a fabrication. We're looking at the schedule and say, oh, I can get this one. Oh, I can get this one. Oh, I got to circle that one. Oh, I can get this one. So you're going like that. Then you're looking at your team like, okay, who's healthy? Who's strong? Then you look at your two deep. Okay, if he goes down, okay, he's good. Ah, oh, dang, I got to get better right there. Okay, he's good. He's good. Oh, dang, I got to get better right there. So as a head coach, you're still, you're still worrying about what's really going on, but – just to get back to the subject of a week one, if you won, you congratulate everybody, pat them on the back. And if you lose, I mean, you know, you break down that film on Monday, come Tuesday, you get back after it hard, hard. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get back after it hard. And Friday, you say, okay, we had a good three days of practice. Let's, you know, let's put the money to bank on Saturday afternoon. Uh, one of the things that, you know, Drew pointed out uh, in, in either the last segment or the segment before, the the, the number of special teams – mistakes mishaps. Bad mishaps there we go that we saw or that were seen over the course of week one i mean we had block block field goals we had special teams errors that gave up touchdowns so on and so forth i mean how much emphasis are coaches i mean giving to special teams in week one i mean it, it seems like well, I, 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 you know, from my perspective, I don't know if that's one of those units that gets forgotten, but people like to say that. It's one of those things people like to say. When you have a special team, oh, well, they're not giving enough attention to special teams. Mm -hmm. any, any truth, validity to that? What, what, what's your take on special teams on the opening week of the season? There's three, there's three sides to the coin. It's offense, defense, special teams, and unfortunately special teams does get overlooked a lot because if you have a head coach and he's a defensive-minded guy, he's focusing on the defense. If he's, if he's an offensive-minded guy, he's focusing on the offense. And if you're the special teams coordinator, sometimes you're the running back coach, special teams coordinator, or sometimes you're the linebacker special teams coordinator. Uh, a couple years ago when I coached at a junior college in California, I was the O-line special teams coordinator. Sometimes you have to go to the head coach and say, hey, can I get special teams in today? Let's just start with special teams. He'll look at you funny like, well, no. You're like, hey, coach, we got to get this done. 
I, I got to get 30 minutes in. I just, I just got to get 30 minutes in. You know, um, I'm a big fan of Frank Beamer. I know he retired from Virginia Tech, but he used to hold camps. So I traveled down to Blacksburg. I think that's where Blacksburg. And he said something. And so back in 1990, 2007, when I became a head coach, I implemented into my everyday program called EDDs, Everyday Drills. Uh, he said he worked special teams every day. And I'm like, whoa. Every, and so he broke it down, how he implements special teams every day. Monday through Friday, this man works special teams. So I implement, like I say, I took that. It's all borrowed or stolen, so I can't say I did it. So I borrowed it. I put it into my program. And every day, we work special teams Monday through Friday. So um, I did see, I was real happy to see that FAMU, not to jump off subject, but FAMU returned that kick. Um, you're right, um, AD. I didn't I didn't really see any punt returns this week. I saw a good, good couple punt returns, but none to the house. Saw two or three kicks to the house. Saw a couple blocks. A couple guys come off the edge just laying out, and that's what you got to have from guys that just want to give up their body. Um, but a lot of times you don't really focus on special teams much. You say, okay, you give it five or six minutes for this unit here, five or six minutes for that unit there, and two days later you – Okay, uh, PT, and you work that couple kicks and everything like that. But a lot of coaches really don't focus on that third phase of the game. They focus on offense or defense because that's usually what you see, the offense or the defense. But like I say, Frank Beamer is the one who shined a light on my head to say, no, you can work special teams every day. And so I did, and whatever program I will be happy to take over, we will work special teams every day. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's good to know. Can I follow up on that, Brian? Yeah, please, yeah. All right, uh, I, I want to stay with that special teams thing, uh, thing, because I, I think back to spring games. You know what? What's the one unit that's just dead going through the motions in a spring game? Special teams. Special teams. You know, if you kick it a PAT, all, all you do all it is is snap, hold, kick. Nobody, nobody else moves. Everybody just stands there and do that. If 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 we work in punt. You know, everything's an automatic fair catch. If we work in uh kickoff, everything's an automatic fair catch on, on the kickoff. You just run it through the half of half time that night, they're not even really running their lanes on the uh on kickoff coverage. So uh and and, and a lot of times in the practices that, that I've been a part of, obviously I never coached at the level that you have, but I had I have coached, you know, it, it's the same thing. P- people are there, and I guess where I'm going with this. Do some of the players who find out when they look at that depth chart that for that for a week one game and find out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, that they're not running with the ones and the twos, even though I think I should be running with the ones and the twos. Now he got me on doggone special teams. And, 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 and is it is that mentality like I, I got devoted to the special teams or I'm not good enough to run with the big boys? Kind of walk me through that, especially with some of the, that mentality of taking it from never being live until game time, it seems like, and then the mentality of the player who winds up on special teams. And, and nobody, very few people play special teams by choice. And you're correct there. Uh, once again, let's go back to when you see the game, you usually see offense or defense. They always highlight the quarterback or the Mike Backer. So if you're a second or third stringer and all you are is on special teams, you're kind of deleted a little bit. You're like, 
I'm only out there for like 10 seconds to block for the PAT or the field goal, or they got me running down and, you know, trying to make a tackle on the field goal team or, or block for the punt return team. So you got to keep all your players motivated and encouraged and let them know, hey, all three phases are very, very important. Offense, defense, and special teams. That's why you have to practice special teams more than once or twice a week to let that individual know, hey, you are a big part of what we're doing here. You know, so if we have a breakdown on the PAT field goal and you let this guy slide in, he blocks the punt, that's your fault. But then again, is it really his fault? Because if we didn't practice it only maybe once for five minutes. No. So that goes back to the coach and special teams coordinator, which still goes back to the head coach because it's his program. So you have to keep everybody um, motivated, encouraged to let them know special teams is just as big as defense, special teams is just as big as offense. And that's why, once again, when Frank Beamer turned that light on me, I was like, hey, you know, you got to let them know that special teams is just as good as offense and defense because – uh, you, uh, excuse me, fellas, excuse me. <laughs> you can win with special teams. The game could be 21-21 with six seconds to go, kickoff. And we've seen them all before, that late kick return, 88 yards to the house. You know, or that late punt return with, with seven seconds to go to the house. That's why you got you to gotta let people know. You got to let the guys know special teams are just as good, fellas, as the offense and the defense. It's not bigger, but you have to practice it to keep that young man motivated to say, this is the reason why, okay, I may not be in the two deep over here, but I am the starting up back over here. Or, or even if I'm just a holder. Not using the backup quarterback. That's very important. You have to let him know, hey, buddy, I need you to hold this ball well. So you have to walk him through. It's almost like speeding a little three yard. Hey, open up, let Uncle Feed you. Because I'm saying Uncle, because I got my niece and nephews upstairs. So you have to open up and let <laughs> Uncle Feed you. So I need you to hold this ball, okay, real quick, because you are very important. Everything sort of like that. So it all comes together, but you have to let special team know you are very much just, just as important as the offense and the defense because special teams can win games. You know, you always hear defense wins games, offense wins games, but defense wins championships with coach token special teams. Best teams can win games. Best teams can win championships. But as the head coach, you have to encourage that. I mean, you have to implement that into your program. Yeah. Uh, and I I saw I saw one punt that was literally take it off the uh that was take it off the foot of the punter, you know, on the block. Talk about because somebody had to miss a block for the for the uh for somebody to get in that close to the uh punter. You know, he he literally took the ball off the foot. But you talk about a special team, who's the one person that we always overlook? The most important person is the, the person kicker. who has their hand on the ball first. I was the long snapper. snapper. Long snapper. Yep. That's where I was going to go. The, the, long, snapper. the long snapper is probably, <laughs> is probably the most important thing because I don't I don't care if you got uh Jose Romo Martinez or Chris Fadul back there. If if that snap is up here or down here yep. or he's got to reach down low for it, I don't care if you can boot that thing 50 yards. If you don't get a good snap, it's over. What what game was it? I, I watched I watched the uh, Edward Waters Floor Memorial and I watched the Fam and Jackson State. It was somebody who who, who snapped Jackson the ball over State. the Jackson State. State. It was somebody snapped the ball over the head and I just put my hand on like oh. And that, and that and that was that was a big moment because that that was their opportunity after Fam had scored the seven. I believe it was Jackson State's first offensive possession. They got all the way down to field goal range. That would have cut the seven to three. That ball went over his head. To dog going near midfield, yeah, and yeah. Fam turned around and scored a touchdown off of that 14 0. That was ball game, that was it right there. Um, oh, there was somewhere else I was thinking I had a, a long snap issue, uh, as well, but um, I, I, I don't know, it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's important, it's 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 definitely. In important. Um, let's talk about that Big Cat Classic for a second, Coach, because uh, that was on Saturday night right here on the Black College Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida Memorial, who played the previous week, lost a tough ball game. But offensively, I mean, set nearly 700 yards of total offense. They came back, 
against Edward Waters. They defeated Edward Waters 38-21. to um, Both teams put up nearly or just over 400 yards of total offense. Uh, Florida Memorial 419, Edward Waters 404. First downs is a big stat number that that I look at, and I'm like, wow. Uh, Edward Waters had 27 total first downs. Florida Memorial had 26. Uh, What what were some of your takeaways that as you watched uh, that contest? What were some of your takeaways from that game? I was impressed with the O-line on both sides. I thought they did a good job of keeping the quarterback upright. I thought that um, let me get it right. The team was in black. Edward Waters ran the ball well. They got a big back, big back, and um, I thought he was getting three, four, five yards every time he touched the ball. Every every so often he get a eight to ten yard pop. Late in the third, early fourth, he had like a 25, 30 yard run to the house, which the tackle on the guard did a great job of opening up, and he did his job as a running back by running through there. Uh, Florida Memorial once again with all those yards. All those yards come to the trenches. A lot of times people want to say, oh, the quarterback did this or the running back. But let's not forget, let's not ever overlook the guy who blocked for those guys. So I thought they did a good job of blocking. Um, I didn't really see any mishaps when I see mishaps, many pressures or sacks. I thought both teams did a good job of running the ball steadily. Um, I think Edward Waters, like I say, that that run run sticks out in my mind late in the third, early fourth when he took it. It was about 25, 30-yard run. But other than that, I thought both teams had a good, good, steady three, four yards in a cloud of dust run game. Uh, kept the quarterback upright. The jerseys was clean at the end of the game, so that's always a good thing. Um, so that means that the O-line coach is doing a good job down there with both of those sets of groups of guys. Um, you get good football in Florida, so you're going to get good good, good talent down there. So I was impressed with the game. Um, Yardage-wise, though, then you got to look at the defensive coordinators and be like, wow, come on, buddy. I mean, you know, we got to do better than that. But, oh, I, I, you know, I stick to the O-line and say, hey, we did a good job. We did our job, fellas. And as far as I can see on both sides of that ball right there, I had nothing to say negative about either one of those guys because, again, the stats speak for themselves. And you have to give credit to those guys in the trenches. And you will never get those stats. I mean, we'll never get that kind of credit. But Coach Norman's going to always get credit to the guys in the trenches. That's just a great job on both sides when you have those kind of numbers. Uh, statistically speaking, Florida Memorial as a team, 41 total rushes, 262 net yards, one touchdown. Uh, Edward Waters ran the ball 31 times, 133 net yards, and one touchdown. Yeah, and, uh, you know, late third, early fourth. Yeah, and uh, what I'm what I'm most interested by when I look at Florida Memorial individually, uh, their one, two, three, their top four runners all averaged over five and a half. Uh, they had a young man, uh, Walter Wilbon, who averaged five point five yards a carry, total of 82 net yards. George Young, who had a total of uh, three touchdowns, uh, two receiving, one rushing, he averaged 6.9 yards per per attempt, 97 net yards. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Florida Memorial, the offensive line, they uh, – they, they they looked impressive. They had a much yeah. – I mean, that was the team that got a lot of love. I mean, that was the unit that a lot of people were talking about last week uh, for Florida Memorial is what their offensive line did in helping them amass that 700, nearly 700 yards of total offense, and they came back and matched it again uh, this week, and now they're sitting at 2-0. and Sorry, 1-1. One and one, one and one, yeah. Well, anyway, anytime you can have those kind of yards week to week, that goes to the guys in the trenches. I know we don't. Once again, we we love to give praises to the quarterback or the running back and their team, but if those guys ain't blocking, you're not getting those kind of numbers. So I'd have to say kudos to Florida Memorial. 
Uh, let, let's jump over to the the SWAT contest on Sunday. Uh, Florida AM, Jackson State. Now, second week in a row that you had a chance to see Jackson State. What, what was mm-hmm. your thoughts on their offensive line play or the defensive line play against FAMU's offense from week one to week two, having seen them already once and then you saw them against FAMU? I was I was shocked because they didn't look like the first team that I mean they didn't look like the team that played um was that uh, uh South Carolina State South Carolina they just State really right they didn't look they didn't look like the same team I'm not gonna say some air was deflated from them um, they probably felt a little confident after the way they dominated South Carolina State that maybe they thought FAMU was just gonna be nervous and scared to lay down and it started with that kickoff it started I mean FAMU came out with a left right real quick and hit him right in the mouth and I think they buckled and they never was able to get their bearings back. Off the line was because that quarterback he got sacked a couple times. Um, they had a they had some they had some uh they had some spurts running the ball, didn't have a steady run game, but they had some spurts running the ball. Now, one thing I will say is the quarterback had a couple um quarterback draws, you know, he backed up, look, and then he took off, you know, anything like that. So that was good blocking from the center and the guards, and he was able to get 10, 12 yards. I think one time I thought I saw him pick up like a 25 yard run, so that was good there, which is between you know the a gap between the center and the guards. Um, but they really didn't have the same kind of momentum that they had the first game. Um, FAMU, uh, everyone knows Willie Simmons loves to throw the ball. So I was very shocked that I saw him run it the way he did. I was like, whoa, maybe he saw something last week that Long I didn't time. see. But, but yeah, but yeah, he he, he ran the ball. Um, Moose, Moose did a good job. Nothing to take nothing away from Moose. I mean, he is who he is. But I was really impressed with FAMU the way they ran the ball. Um, you know, I was I was like, cause I was thinking, God dang, Coach Will, Coach Simmons, you know, I think you're a shotgun because they call him what shotgun Willie or something like that, right? Because he's constantly throwing it, but he 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 ran the ball, you know, he drained the clock, kept the ball, his offense on the field. So I was impressed with um their offensive line there. Um, even though Jackson State didn't play as well as they did week one, there was late in the third, I keep saying late in the third, early fourth, because I, I don't jot down my notes, but there was one play where the quarterback got sacked. Pam you sacked Jackson State quarterback late third, early fourth, right? And I saw the big left. I'm, t- I'm looking at my film, so it'd be my right tackle. Right tackle. He grabbed the, the right guard. He didn't grab him like he was mad at him, but he grabbed him like, say, hey, buddy, what are you doing? We're better than this. And you can see his head moving like this, and you see the other guard moving too, like, yeah, you're right, because the quarterback, he just got sacked. And I and the commentary said, wow, they just let the guy run right through and everything like that. But I, I was really impressed with that tackle that he had um, bearing enough to grab his teammate and say, hey, we're better than this. You know, because the guy did get, he's sitting 10 yards back, he got sacked. So I like that from an old lineman to say, we're better than this. So I imagine today or tomorrow when they hit the field, they're going to get those corrections corrected. Um, didn't look the same, though. Not going to say that they're down and out. Not going to say that they're going to play in a, the SWAC Championship or Celebration Bowl. They just they just didn't look the same. So T.C. Taylor now, as the head coach, as a new head coach, now he's back at the drum board. Now, got to do some coaching now. You know, got to do some coaching now. What do I do to get my team back on track? What do I get my team do to get? Because now everybody's throwing a shoe at. Oh, I knew they weren't going to do this. And, you know, all the Black Sports Network commentators. And everybody, oh, I, oh, here they go again. I just knew it. I'm thinking, oh, it's just one game. Last week, we praised him. We throwing roses at his feet. Oh, TC, T. Now we want to pick the roses up and kick him in the butt. Come on, man. Which, what are we doing? You know, either we love him or we hate him. You know, everything's sort of like that. But I, I think TC is in coaching when you're new at this and you're your first-year head coach. These are trials and tribulations that you go through. So last night, this morning, today, I imagine he's looking himself in the mirror. He's he's probably watched that film 10 times, and he's got to figure out what he had, not the coordinators or the team, what does T.C. Taylor have to do to get his team back on track? It ain't about the the, the people in the stands or the audience because 
that's, it's going to be what it is when you're head coach. People are going to throw poop at you. That's where it goes. You know, I found that out hard with myself. They love you one day and they, hey, oh, Frosty, we got shotguns when it shoots you. You know, that happens. <laughs> but you got to figure out what I got to do to get my team back on track because they did not look the same as they did week one. They just really didn't. They just really didn't. Um, Drew, you got anything for coach here? I was looking up one particular thing here. Anything you wanted to add? Um, uh, I think somebody, somebody yeah. had, go ahead, go ahead, Drew. I know. I, I was going to ask coach, uh, you, you got a chance to see a few games, uh, this week. Was there any particular team that you saw that, concerns you by their effort or maybe their preparation and then on the flip side was there a team that you were just exceptionally giddy about that you saw this week like yeah that, that that's gonna be a hard team to beat the, uh this year if they continue to play ball like that are we talking hbcu or are we just talking football in general this this thick hbcu but if you want to throw something in there because I, I i will come back to the non-hbcus in a minute okay uh, I, I was only able to see two. I was only able to see two um, games this weekend, Drew. Uh, this week, mm -hmm. this week was Labor Day weekend, one year anniversary when my father passed. So a lot of my family came into okay. town. So we were getting together and everything. So yeah, I appreciate that. And so I wasn't able to see because I, I told uh, Brian earlier in the week. I said I plan to see the Texas Southern Andy Hampton Grambling game. I was able to miss those because you know I got mama here, grandma here. Like I said, I got my little niece and nephew. So it was kind of hectic. Me being the oldest. Everything like that. So I felt like I had to do my job as being oldest to make sure, you know, little kids stay here and eat right and make sure the adults are outside not being too noisy because my brother lives in a nice neighborhood, you know, and everything like that. Not, not a lot of men, not a lot of pigmented people in the area, if you know what I'm saying. So I didn't want nobody coming over and causing trouble. So I'm outside there. Hey, yeah, keep the noise down. Because, you know, when we get together, our, our elevation noise just rises. For some odd reason, we just like, hey, hey, hey. Everybody looking at me great. Like, like, come on now. You know, you know, come on now. So you run back in here and then you see your picture of your dad on the wall and you shed your tears and say, Papa, I miss you, brother. I know you're looking down on us and everything like that. And you run back out there with the kids and, okay, you eat. Hey, stop taking his toys from him. Give me his toys back. So I do apologize. I wasn't able to see all the games. But like I said, I was able to catch Everett Waters. That's right. I was able to see the fam you game and things of that sort like that um to answer your question i don't really know much about Everett waters but i will say this a couple years ago um i thought they played at a middle school or a high school so that stadium they have is very beautiful i was impressed they did with that. they played at I a high school was very i was impressed with that um don't know much about florida more they haven't been around long what two three years of playing football maybe but i was impressed yeah with they the started during the pandemic had. Yeah, yeah. Besides Texas, I think Florida plays the best football, and I think they got a 90% roster of, of Floridians, so they did a good job of putting that together there, and kudos to that O-line and that O-line coach, because like you say, I mean, that's the second work they have others, what, four or five, six hundred yards of offense, so that goes back to the guys in the trenches. Um, FAMU, I thought would be ready for Jackson State, because Jackson State played a game earlier, so they gave them time to uh, scout and recruit, and that opening kickoff, which is beautiful, you know, I mean, even though they say Doc Gamble's only been there a week or whatnot, I don't know if we can give that tribute to him. Or was that just fam you saying, hey, we're tired of hearing about what happened last year? Because I think they got embarrassed last year, didn't they, by by Jackson State? So they're, I think they're, like, we're, we're, we're not going to have that this year. So that kickoff return said, I mean, I was like, whoa. I mean, the blocking was great. And, oh, boy, he got wheels. He took he took that right to the house like you teach and preach it every day in practice. Um, not disappointed in Jackson State, but kind of, kind of had you scratch your head and say, hmm. What's going on over there? Because they didn't come out the same. Their energy was not the same. Their fire was not the same. Um, not gonna say that kickoff return, you know, took the air out of their balloon or something like that. But they just didn't. 
It just wasn't the same as you saw that that week one. And so hopefully that's what I'm saying. T.C. Taylor has to go back and look himself in the mirror and have meeting with his coaches and his players and say, hey, okay, uh, week one, we were full of energy from first to last. And I didn't see any of that this week. Really, I didn't. I saw some good plays, you know, some good runs here and there. And I saw the quarterback have some good draws. Um, but other than that, it, they just didn't look the same. Not saying, once again, not counting them out. You know, I'm not going to push them all the way down to the bottom with uh, Mississippi Valley or Bethune or anything like that. They, they, I mean, they are three number three in their, in their side of the, the, the SWAC conference or whatever they are. And I said they're going to move up or down. I'm just going to say I, as a 25-year veteran in this game, someone who played the game from 7 to 25, didn't see the same momentum energy as I saw week one. And that comes back to nobody but T.C. Taylor. Now, he's doing nothing wrong. Don't, don't step on toes. But he's got to go get his team and say, hey, okay, we played well week one. We didn't play well week two. So which one do you guys like? And I've been in this situation before. I said, okay, fellas, we've won one and we've lost one. Which one do we like better? And we like winning, coach. Well, then let's get back to winning, fellas. And if I have to just make practice a lot harder, I'm going to do that. If we need to hit for 40 minutes of practice, we're going to do that. Because we just all said we like winning more than we do right now, right? Right. So I'll put this on me. I'm the head coach. So expect Monday's practices to be intense. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice to be intense because we won't feel like this again. And you get some success. And what's crazy about all that? All right. Let me, now let's, let me let me let me add. Let me add because real quick, what's interesting about that for Jackson State, week zero was against you know an opponent that you know look you played a you play you played them in a celebration bowl a season a, two seasons ago, right? Um, this was a conference game that mattered in the standings. The team that has won this game goes on to has won the SWAC the last two years. So I mean that's like wow you 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 guys aren't that fired up and and who knows I that that's something that a lot of Jackson State folks will will question and and the crowd support was not the same either uh, the crowd support in Atlanta was tremendous not so much in South Florida which is it's tough for the Jackson Jackson State fan base back to back weeks. Right, and then they got Southern this week. So a lot of people made a business decision and probably opted out of South Florida versus going to Southern and then especially going to Jackson. So I, I just wanted to add that in there. I just want to add that in there. Hey, hey, Brian, speaking of Southern, which so – somebody's going to lose this week between Jackson State <laughs> and Southern. Yeah, that's how the game is played. <laughs> which one – which – Set fan base is going to be on the ledge after this week talking about oh it's southern you know you know how these fan bases get these it's rabid southern. fan bases southern southern fan base well because again if I'm not mistaken this is also a non-conference conference game for southern so last so that'd be two consecutive it weeks go. two consecutive weeks playing uh what non-conference conference games. Swack East opponents, yes. Right. You're playing, you know, you're playing Swack East opponents that unless you meet them in the celebration or in the Swack Championship game, those games don't count. They don't count, but to your fan base, oh, they, they count they tremendously. Count. They count. Yeah. Oh, count. yeah. So. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Those, my those my last question right. for you, Coach. Go ahead, brother. Exactly. exactly. My last question for you. And this goes to the non-HBCU. What does it mean, the fact that we saw Colorado 
that staff that came from Jackson State, those players, there were a lot of them came from Jackson State. A lot of half that staff came from Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Go and beat the team that was the national runner up last year. To put that into perspective, the coach of the HBCU runner-up beat the coach of the FBS runner-up in a head-to-head matchup. What does that really mean? What does that say about our product, the HBCU football product, that that stuff was able to translate to what is perceived to be the higher level? It says that our coaches are just as good as anybody else's. It says that our players are just as good as anybody else's. We get overlooked a lot because we don't have the 100,000-seat stadium. We don't have the $5 million weight room. You know, we don't have the uh, 80 – what do they get at the D1 level? You get, um, what, uh, 85 scholarships? 85, yes. Yeah, you get 85 up there and, and everything. So we get overlooked a lot because we don't have those. And so I was very happy that Shadur – I think he made a record. Didn't he find him some yards? 515. Yeah, you know, anything like that. And then, I mean – I mean, He never threw for 500 in the swag. Yeah, yeah, and, and Travis Hunter. He honestly, when I was out there, when I started game watching Travis Hunter, I thought I was watching Charles Woodson again. Like, why did he come back? Because that boy was playing. I know he. What he how many snaps? Uh, hundred, like one hundred twenty-six. No, it was like hundred. I, mean, I mean, hey, never took a playoff. Played the game like it's supposed to be played from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Um, I I saw last night on, on ESPN that they said he's like number four already being mentioned in the Heisman Trophy. You know, he was number four. Should do was number five. I was like, after one game. So I was very impressed with him. So that says a lot about the kind of talent that we have in, in our in our in our league. Once again, we get overlooked a lot. You know, the four three at Georgia is just as good as the four three at Jackson or Southern, but it gets overlooked. You know, the six two, two hundred and twenty-five quarterback that throws 70 yards downfield is just as good at Jackson Southern Purview, but it gets overlooked. So um, you know, I think me and Brian was having this discussion a couple weeks ago when we talked about we gotta find that one coach that everybody will pay attention to right now. We already know who it is. It's Nick Saban. When Nick says something, everyone stops. They they, they take their headphones off and they say, what you say, coach? You know, we had that in Eddie Robinson. You know, when he says something, everybody, what you say, coach? We don't have that anymore. And I think that's one reason why a lot of our guys are getting overlooked. I just said what Audrey Miller just got cut and another person just got cut. And I'm like, these guys can play. These guys can play, you know, and everything sort of like that. So we just got to keep beating that rock because sooner or later it would crack for us. But I think that we got to keep – I think what Dion is doing at Colorado will help us because you can't overlook that those boys came from HBCU. You cannot, you know, anything like that. For the last two years, they was at HBCU. They were dominating, and they dominated that game. Um, we got to keep producing good talent, though. We got to keep producing the Mooses and the quarterback that's from uh, at, at Jackson State and those big lines that uh, at South Carolina State got. I mean, we need those kind of big fellas to say, hey, look, we got what they got. You know, we can do what they can do. So you, it's all about opportunity, too. They got to give us a chance, but we got to keep producing that kind of talent. Now, as far as Dion goes, I was very happy for that brother. Um, I always support black coaches and black quarterbacks. So, and I'm not prejudiced at all. I got white friends. I got a guy who grew up with me. He's like a brother to me. I love him to death. I love his boys. They call me uncle. I call him nephews. But I was very happy to see Dion did it at that level because, you know, a lot of people said, oh, he's just an HBCU coach. He's out of his lane. What's he think he's doing? And he's taking all these guys with him. No, that was good coaching. That was a good game. You know, that wasn't no blowout because a lot of people thought the TCU was just going to roll right over them and keep moving. No, them boys came to play. They came to play. They had energy. They had excitement. Um, I saw Dion make some great adjustments. Um, that defense coordinator he picked up from Alabama, it looked like Alabama defense. I mean, they had several great goal line stops. And uh, once again, I mean, you can't ever complete a sense without saying Travis Hunter. I mean, that young brother there played 
Well, well, nothing to take nothing from Shadur. You know, nothing to take nothing from Shadur. I mean, I mean, anytime you throw for 400 some yards, you gotta you gotta get that brother a hug and a pat on the back. Hey, great job, young man. You know, things like that. But and that little running back, that little running back, he reminded me of Dave Meg. Remember Dave Meg? He used to play with the Giants back in the late 80s and 90s. That's when, when he when he caught that pass, he shook that guy in open field and he went like 60. I said, is that Dave Meg? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm an old school type guy. So I said, is that Dave Meg? Because that's because he's a little bitty guy and everything like that. And so um he he um they they was a combination of guys, but it starts and ends with Travis Hunter. That brother there, hey, thank you for coming to an HBCU, young man, and shining the light on us. And I'm so happy for where you are now. But he, 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 man, that brother played well. That brother played well. And happy for Dion to get his first one. He's got a big one this week. He's got Nebraska versus Matt Rule. And I don't know if Nebraska won last week, but I do know Matt Rule's known for turning programs around. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a tough one for him. But if Dion is Dion and them brothers continue to play their well, I got no doubt they'll be victorious at the end of the fourth quarter. All right, uh, Coach, what are we what are we looking at for this upcoming weekend slate of games? What's what's on your what's on your slate? What's on your schedule? Where where you Mike? You, you never sent me my, my my schedule list, so I can um, oh, pick them out. Okay, all right. Well, well, here's mm-hmm. what I'll do. Here's a, I'm sorry about that, Coach. I'm, that's okay. I'm still, I'm still, look, Pro- I'm still producer error. Hangover, <laughs> call it call it OBC hangover. I'm I'm still hungover from uh, from the weekend. So here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll uh I'll send you a list of games, and then maybe you can tweet them out. That uh, yo, these are the games that we'll be you know looking at, and make sure to tag me on Twitter as well. And uh, you know we'll 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 go from there. Okay. Not a problem, sir. Definitely put Southern Jackson State on that list. That's got oh yes, Southern Jackson State will be on the list. Yes, yes. Not a problem. All right, Coach. Hey, uh, hold on, real quick. Hold on. Um, Ad, did Langston win this weekend? What score look like? (laughs) Oh, you don't know? Oh, okay. Hey, don't let. Oh, I just want to. We 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 got the dub though, right? I thought Langston was on the buy this week. You didn't lose. How about that? They were on the buy. We had a buy? Yeah, I think Langston was on a buy until I think Langston had, like like they no. got a double buy. A double buy. Double buy. Yeah, they how you they get had, a double buy. I had the bad scheduling. They, they, they schedule is is weird. It was somebody whose schedule was weird. Yeah, okay. Langston does not play again until the sixteenth. Wow, you're right. That's a double buy. Yeah, so see. They they didn't lose, coach. So I guess hey, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> didn't lose. I can sleep, I can sleep good tonight. You I can sleep good. good. Hey, sleep. always good to talk with you, brothers. Look forward to doing it again next week. Brian, please send me that list, and I'll I tweet will. it out the games that I will get on this week. All right. Uh, hey, uh, we appreciate send you. Out, send out your Twitter handle again, Coach. Twitter handle again is uh, at Coach Ferrasi, right? Yes, sir. At Coach Ferrasi on Twitter, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Make sure you guys hit Coach up, and uh, make sure you're following him. All right, let's take a break, come back. Let's kind of put a bow on this show. Uh, we'll give you a recap of our picks from week one, and then we'll kind of tell you what we're looking ahead at week two at. So, again, Coach, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, everybody oh, else, thank you. hang in there. We'll be back in just a moment. Take care, fellas. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. 
standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and Drew here. Uh, appreciate Coach Ferrasi for coming in and <clears throat> joining us. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Coach Ferrasi, F-A-R-A-I-S-I, is where you can find him. Uh, just kind of going back through a couple of questions that I thought I saw in the swag. You know, I saw, was it Jeremiah? Jeremiah, you posted something about the special teams play in the swag. You know, that's something that, I'd like to quantify that, you know, I'd like to, is it really that bad? I mean, you know, um, we can probably go back and find the errors from this past week, but I, 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 I don't know. I kind of like to push back on the narrative that it's always bad in the swack, which is what I think I, if it wasn't and- you, College football special teams are always bad the first couple of weeks, period. On right, all levels. Right. High, high school football special teams are bad the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were yeah, adding on to that. I got you. Uh, no, I was going to say about the only ones who come in halfway decent are the NFL because, you know, they got all those players who. Been been doing special teams doing the what kind of games, Brian? Preseason. Preseason. Um. All right, here we go. And when special teams playing, it used to be special. Now it's average to bad. Uh, again, I, that's a narrative that I would just wonder about. I, you know, we'd have to do some stats. And really look at it and say, okay, is this reality or is this kind of perception becoming reality? Okay, let's do a quick look back on the week one, our picks contest, our pick five. Drew with a two-game lead over me. 
uh, going into this second week. Drew finished four and one. He got wins with Bowie, Bowie State, Tuskegee, Prairie View, and Benedict. His only loss was Grambling, which was also one of the one of the two games that you and I were both on at the same. So, you know, that was a push. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we both lost Grambling. I unfortunately, the two games that I was oppo against you, Fort Valley State and Texas Southern, that's our two game split right there. I finished two and three. So, can I do my told you so? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you got a told. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you got a told you so. That's good. Uh, and I got a, uh, you know, in, in, in my pocket, I got a told you so. Uh, two times yesterday. You, you hit where it counts. Yeah, I did. Hey, uh, if you get a chance, some of you guys check out our Facebook and maybe our Twitter feed. We posted our our pick five contest. I don't know if a lot of you got a chance to join it, but there's still time going into week two. I'll repost that on our Facebook page, which is BCS in Sports Wrap. You can also I'll retweet it out from not only my link but from the Black College Sports Network link as well. Um, okay, here. Okay, here we go. Week two picks because we got to get out of here at the top of the hour. <clears throat> now, I think there's three definite games that we have to have on the board. And then it's a matter of finding the other two. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's start with Jackson State at Southern. I think that's got to go on the board. So let's start there. Jackson State at Southern. Who you got? Man, that's that's tough. With both these teams coming off of off of a loss. Uh, the Jackson, I won't say definitely. We've got we got a we may potentially have a quarterback controversy in Mississippi. Really? Don't know if we yeah, well uh Brown was ineffective yeah, in that first half. He got hurt though. He got hurt though in the second quarter. So there may not but he, but he was ineffective. He was ineffective when he when he went down. Okay. You know, they they got their 10 points after Brown went out the game. So what has Brown done for you? Brown has not done for the blue. Yeah, I, okay. So I, I don't think Brown is. Uh, I, I I got what you're saying though. I, I mean, you have you have to ask the question. I mean, go ahead. The, then the next question is: Has Southern solved their quarterback position? Is her blood the quarterback at Southern? I have to lean with the home team and this one, Brian, with all with all other things being equal with all the question marks, you know. I've taken the, you know, the standard you get three at home. I'm taking that right now with Southern. So you're going Southern. Yes. Okay. Um Jackson State has won the last three. Prior to that, they had a Southern had a seven game winning streak prior to uh Coach Sanders. So the question is, will those 
happy days for Southern return. I'm going with Jackson State. I I kind of I know the pressure's on Southern. I'm going Jackson State in that one. I, I again I I still I still seen what I've seen. And of the two teams that looked still Jackson State still looked better than Southern, even all things considered with what we saw in the floor in the Orange Blossom Classic. So I'm I'm opposite of you trying to get a game back. Okay. The other game. Hampton, Battle of the Bay, Hampton at Norfolk State. Okay, this is one of your uh, ultimate road trip games. You can just stop right there, Brian. You don't even go into any detail. <laughs> I, okay, I'm, go, I'm going with the, I'm going with the HBCU killers. <laughs> Me too. I'm going with the HBCU. <laughs> Hampton can't beat nobody else, it, it, but they 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 can show beat up on us. Look on us on on HBCU folks. Yes, I'm going with Hampton as well. So we're on that. Okay, here we go. Aggie and let's 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 put it out there. What? Would the bird would the birds start chirping if if Norfolk gets blown out in this game? Man. Next next game. Tough tough seat to be on for Dawson Odoms. That's all I can say. Um the Aggie Eagle Classic, AT. Against Central, you know, Central handled business against Winston Salem. A and T missed missed out on on covering. I, you know, I I don't know what to take on that. I know I know A and T is thought to be a favorite by the computers, Drew, but the game is at North Carolina Central. Uh, um, mm, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Who you got? I got my boy Jamie over here. I got my boy Josh over here. They're your boys now, huh? Okay. They 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 not boys this week though. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Quick correction here. Dave jumped in. I gotta reverse that. Okay, make sure we know this right. This game is at Greensboro. So this is North Carolina Central at North Carolina AT. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So don't you know though, let's not mess that up. All right. So what do you got? It 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 still won't matter. You got the best quarterback in HBCU football going going in this game right here. I am going to stick with uh, Davis Richard and the Eagles. Yeah, oh man, I'm I'm staying on I'm staying on that side as well. I'm staying on North Carolina Central side. Um, again, A and T is favorite. To win that game, that's a bit shocking to me. But i I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Central. I'm gonna go with the known versus the unknown. I don't know anything about A and T after what I after saw. One game. Yeah, after one game, and you know, Central looks like 2022 Central. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got two other games to pick. We got some options out there. Your your thoughts here on some of these other games. You have a game that that you want to put in put on the uh put on the list. Hmm. You guys in the chat, you got any suggestions? Yeah, I did it. AT. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did it. I did it. I couldn't help it. 
Any games we're looking at here? Any games you guys you guys think if there's any games that we got to pay attention to? How about Tuskegee traveling to Kentucky State? Kentucky State now one and zero. I'm 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 not touching that game. That's that that's too, that's too easy for me to uh, go after right there. Nick said the Southern Heritage Classic. That's an interesting one. Let me see. Is that that's now Tennessee State uh, versus Arkansas Pine Bluff? Hmm. That's interesting. The new and improved Arkansas Pine Bluff. Here's one, Brian. Okay. Savannah State and Bethune Cookman. Okay. What's intriguing about that one to you? Uh, you know, Bethune looked decent against. Memphis. Mm-hmm. Savannah State beat a very good – they beat Southeast, but Southeast is a very good team on the NAIA level. Top yep. five program on, on the NAIA level. Yes. Question, you know, you got a battle of uh, I-95. It's only about a two, two-and-a-half-hour distance between these two schools. Oh, yeah, short trip. Short trip. Short trip. Short trip. Two and a half hours. Definitely should, less than three. Should be a good fan base. Savannah State should have a good showing. Savannah good State. Crowd, good atmosphere. Would, would not surprise me if there are more, is there more blue and orange in the stand than oh. – It would not surprise me. Mm. Mm. So who, who do I have in here? I, we saw last week where – the lower level team beat the upper level team. This is another game where the lower level team could sneak one in against the upper level team. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna slide with Savannah on this one, Brian. Ooh, okay, Savannah State, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go opposite. I'm going I'm going with uh, Bethune Cookman. First win at home. I uh, Coach Raymond Woody. Gets win number one. Uh, the alum comes back. I, I think the hopefully they should have a good crowd for the season opener. I'm gonna go with Bethune. I, I, I think there'd be a good story there to see Bethune <coughs> take out uh, or, or get a win that uh, many people think they should get a win. Uh, again, D two versus uh, D one. This uh, this will be an interesting week. Okay. Uh, some of the other candidates for the fifth and final game. Obviously, this upcoming week, you got Grambling State traveling to LSU. Uh, you got Morehouse and Howard. That game is in uh, – that's a neutral site game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is that the New Jersey um looking for it now. Da, 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 da. Uh no, it's in DC. It's a, it's a Howard Holt game. That's a, oh no, that's uh, that's uh all is Audi, it Audi, Is it Audi or is it actually a green? Ooh, I don't know. Great question. Maybe does anybody it's in DC. I know they're playing somebody in that Audi field. It might be Morehouse that they're playing. I don't think they're playing it at Green Street. I think that I th- is it at Ham? Isn't it Hampton next week? I don't know. It's not, it's not, 
I don't know, Drew. Oh, you know what? That is. That is. That's the game that's at Audi. So this okay. one must be a Howard home game. At green. At green. Okay. So, but anyway, I'm not picking that. I don't want to put that game on the board. <laughs> I was just quickly mentioning it. Um, Florida AM travels to South Florida USF. You talk about a FCS upset potential against an FBS. That might be a game to look at. Uh, definitely not going to be Grambling over LSU even though LSU, especially with LSU coming off a loss, it definitely is not going to be Grambling. So um, uh, who else here? Um, I already mentioned that the Tuskegee-Kentucky State game is interesting. I already mentioned that Morgan State is playing. Yeah, how about Miles taking on Alabama State traveling? Uh, Benedict and Edward Waters. Benedict is coming down to take on Edward Waters. After what they did to Shaw, Ooh. Edward Waters, better better be ready. Got to be ready. Um, let's let's put the Southern Heritage on the board. I, I thought, you know, that'll be interesting. Tennessee State, you saw two teams that just got beat up playing FBS programs. This is the new look Southern Heritage Classic, maybe. I, this might be a more entertaining game than we think. So, okay, I'm putting that on the board. UAPB versus... Tennessee State. Now, question is who I'm going with here. Ooh. I'm going to go UAPB. Shot in the dark here. Shot in the dark here. I'm going UAPB. Who you got? I'm going to I'm going to go Apple you. So, looks okay. like this either this week we're going to be tied. Well, I have a, up to a four-game lead. Ooh, okay. So uh, here's here's again. Here are the games that we're picking against. Jackson State traveling to Southern. Uh, I've got Jackson State. Drew's got Southern. Hampton at Norfolk State. Both of us are taking Hampton in the Battle of the Bay. Aggie Eagle contest at North Carolina A&T in Greensboro. We are taking the roadie, the road team, the number one team, Coming down to Greensboro, we're taking North Carolina Central. Savannah State traveling down 95 to Daytona Beach to take on Bethune-Cookman. I'm going to go with our SWAC Florida brethren, our little sisters from the uh, from the, the little the little school in Daytona. I'm taking <laughs> Why they got to be our sisters, right? Well, they, they technically are. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they started their school and the band, look, the band, a lot of stuff came from FAMU. That's how they got started. I'm just, it is it, it is what it is, right? They are cousins, our cousins from the little school in Daytona. <clears throat> uh, they're taking on Savannah State. The and, little school uh, on the coast. The little school on the coast. You got Savannah State. So there's a there's a two games that we are opposite on and then the third one is the new look southern heritage classic uapb versus tennessee state in memphis drew likes tennessee state i like uapb both teams coming off a big blowout losses um so it'll be interesting to see so three games different i'm two games behind drew hey i could be one game in front or i could be a whole five games behind depending upon how all this plays out so, yeah. and let's uh, let's pick up this mid afternoon show and get the heck up out of here. All right, so you guys, uh, you got a chance to go ahead and hit us up 
on our Twitter handles. We're, we, we'll post the pics on our Facebook page. That's uh, BCSN Sports Wrap. So you guys can go and comment there. Um, uh, share your thoughts with us uh, where you can. Please share the show. Make sure you hit the thumbs up and the like button on your way out the door. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the Jericho Broadcast Network's app, please go ahead and do so. My JBM, my BCSN, all of our, uh, not only our shows, but the games. You can watch all the games right from the app um, if you have it downloaded. So you, you could have watched a great broadcast of the uh, Big Cat Classic uh, had you been connected in with us. And then, of course, when you guys see the BCSN Pod Zone on your podcast channel, go download it. Subscribe, rate, review on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple Podcasts, uh, everywhere and anywhere that you can. So thank you guys for watching. Um, enjoy the rest of the day, the Labor Day, and uh, let's uh, be on the lookout for more great content on the Black College Sports Network this week. You can always last, join. Last, last, last chance to use the grill at the house because the grill going to be at the football stadiums after this. <laughs> right. Uh, you can you can join the, the JBN uh, YouTube page, become a member, and uh, get first watch opportunities, discounts on merchandise that will be upcoming soon, and uh, exclusive content that we're going to be dropping solely for members so but more importantly that's you supporting black owned media you supporting hbcu sports media so we appreciate you we thank you for your support and you guys have a great rest of your day be safe peace out oh wrong show wrong show fangs up wrong show i'm sorry i'm sorry that just i did so much of this over the over the last 24 hours i just i can't get enough all right. That's travel light, everybody. We're hollering. Travel light, everybody. Be good. Peace out. But you stay your heart.